Well, I'm lucky enough to be joined by Sebastian Grosjean. Sebastian, thanks for joining the ATP podcast. My pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, congratulations on a phenomenal career that you've had. I know you actually only retired in 2010. That's that's not that long ago. Yeah, it's 12 years ago. That's not that Uh, long. That's long. That's long because uh, I had a shoulder surgery in 08. Okay. So actually, 09 and 2010 was, uh, you know, really soft on on playing matches and I retired uh, at the French. Yeah. So it's... Very fitting. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, you know, it's 12 years, it's it's long. Yeah. It's long. Yeah. Does, it, does it feel long? Uh, or does it feel like you just retired rec- more recently? No, no, no. It's a long time ago when, uh, when uh, I see the guys playing and the intensity and everything uh, they have to do to, to be at that level. But I'm lucky enough to, still, uh, to be around the players yeah. and watching... Uh, you know the best tournament so you know I'm okay now have you had you've obviously had some time now to reflect on your career can you give us some insight on some of the best moments that you can share with us no I I think you know I have no regrets I think I was lucky to uh, to play uh, maybe 12 13 years on tour uh, to have uh, this uh, lifestyle traveling meeting people obviously every time you play at home in France um, it's always a special moment, you know, Roland Garros or here in Bercy and also when you were playing for your country. Uh, so I have so many uh, great memories winning here in 2001. Uh, it is my biggest title, so it's maybe the biggest moment, but also playing like uh, going further in a, in a slam, playing Agassi in Roland Garros also was special. So I was, lo- I was lucky. Yeah, and coming here, you mean we're in the Paris indoors, of course, and now being back here um, after an event that you've won, does it, obviously it brings back those those nice mm-hmm. memories, special moments, and yeah. do you get to reflect on that with other with the other players and share your experiences. Uh, yeah, exactly. I think when uh, with the French guys, you know, when they they play here, it's uh, it's a smaller draw, you know, compared to Miami, Indian Wells, ninety six draw, and then even on clay, uh, it looks like. A week event indoors goes, you know, faster. Um, they used to have the the picture of the winner here. Yeah. You know, back then it was it was <laughs> nice. Now maybe over the year there's too many uh, winners, <laughs> even if Novak uh, maybe won six times or seven <laughs> times here. But uh, no, it's always you know it's always great, good memories when you come back where you did well. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, I, I love the atmosphere here. Yeah, you know the uh, the center court. Uh, it's always uh, full house. Uh, the entry, you know, it's like a show. It's like in a, you know, in a US. So it's um, it, it, it's fun, and I think they're doing a good job. I'm always curious to talk to players that have re- retired already, but love still being around the sport. Was it a tough transition for you at the time when you stopped, or? Did you know right away? No, I mean, you know, when you you can play, I mean, you have n- nothing left. You know, it can be mentally, it can be physically, it can be, you know, what, your ranking is not good enough to play the, the big tournaments. For me, it was injuries. I mean, uh, I had a shoulder surgery and I couldn't play anymore. But, you know, when you have, like, a family, wife, kids, and, uh, you know, you, you know, you're going to have opportunities still in a, in a game you love. You know, around tennis, uh, it can be coaching, doing TV or events. Uh, you know, it's the end of one chapter and then uh, you have a second one. So the transition was 
pretty easy for me. It was pretty easy, yeah. yeah. And you're also tournament director Montpellier, is that correct? Yes, I'm tournament director in Montpellier. And um, well, how how long have you been tournament director there? Since 2016. So since 2016. Yeah. Okay. Was that something you always wanted to do? Uh, or how no, did that come no, about? No, no, it was unfortunately, you know, Patrice Dominguez passed away. It was right. was someone really important for the for the French tennis. Uh, and then uh, I took over um, uh, the year after. But, you know, at the beginning, it was more like maybe into uh, coaching or doing TV. That's how I started. And then little by little, it was more into events. Um, I co-founded a, a company named Tenium. So we own events, we manage players. So I'm still involved in the game, yeah. And as tournament director, um, obviously someone that was a former player, what do you feel like you've been able to bring to that specific tournament that's unique or that gives back to the players? Yeah, I mean, when you're still around the game, so you know the players. So it's easy to to talk to them, to communicate with their agent, to, uh, uh, you know, to bring them in Montpellier. Uh, The arena is amazing. You have everything on site. Uh, it's at the beginning of the year, so the connection help a lot. Yeah. Uh, and then, I don't know, with sponsor also, you have to do some, you know, with uh, some sponsor when you met them when you were playing and uh, you're on the other door. But uh, no, the the proximity with the the players help with, to bring them, especially in a 250 event. Yeah. Because it's not mandatory. You know, it's not like a 500 or a thousand. So. Yes. And then you you said you mentioned you coached a little bit, worked with Gasquet yes. a little bit. Um, what did you learn from? Did your perspective change at all from when you played to actually when you transitioned to coaching? Did that yeah. change? Yeah, it changed a little bit because when you play, you receive everything. You know, yeah. like everybody's around and they're doing things for you. And after when you start to coach, you have you know you put the pressure, the, the players first, and you're behind and you try to to help. So you need to start. You know, uh, like you already retired, so it's, you cannot coach if you think you're still a player. Uh, so it was, it was easy for me. I, I, you know, when I started with Richard, I know him since he's really young. Yeah. So we played Davis Cup together. So at the beginning, maybe the communication was, you know, uh, strange uh, because we used to play together and then start to coach. But after after a few days, it was easier and then I spent some time a little bit with Nick uh, later on uh, how was that what was that experience like I mean it was because you you didn't know him from a young age right you no. obviously it was a different dynamic it was a di- different I, I saw him play uh, actually against uh, Richard in Wimbledon okay when Richard had seven or eight match point mm-hmm. um, th- that year and then he beat him the year after uh, so it was amazing we I mean we we saw Nick coming you know uh, in Wimbledon, like beating Richard, and then he beat uh, Rafa. So, so after it was interesting. It was maybe it was a little bit too young when we start with Nick. With Nick, okay. Uh, but how, how? When was that? How old was he? He was eighteen, I think. He was eighteen. Okay. No, no, no. I, oh, in oh, 2018. 2018 like, sorry. Okay. Yeah, but he, I mean, I love, I love Nick. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a great kid, and uh, but maybe the expectation from the people around was was huge but uh, I'm glad uh, he's playing super well now yeah. so uh, so it's different experience it was different personalities at different age uh, but you always learn yeah but as a coach how do you deal with those different 
obviously you have to approach the different personalities in different ways. So, yeah. I mean, these are two good examples, right? With Richard and, yeah. and Nick, as a coach, how do you, how do you approach that? How do you go about that? Yeah, but it was a big gap from, uh, from Richard mm-hmm. and, and Nick, you, you had the language and also the, the fact that Nick wasn't, you know, he was a little bit more in Australia and then he was in Boca, but he was short. He was, you know, a few months, uh, I mean, you you always have to uh, adapt yourself to the person you have uh, mm-hmm. uh, across, and uh, I mean, Nick was like a horse. You know, he was tough to to talk to, but uh, he has so much talent. Sometimes he he needs at that time a little bit more discipline. Mm-hmm. You know, like to to work a little bit more seriously, and now he's doing it. Uh, he's doing it a little bit doesn't have to, to what work. What do you think has changed? He, he, he grew. I he mean, just he, grew maturing. Yeah, he's, and, yeah, yeah. he's more mature now mm-hmm. than when he was 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that this. And then the people around also. Uh, y- you learn about yourself, the people around. You, you know, uh, the relationship with uh, you, your family, maybe your girlfriend, everybody. Uh but he grow, yeah, he's more mature now, and he, he looks like he really want it. Yeah. And uh, I think that's good for him, and he's good for the game. How, how do you feel like the game has grown since you retired back in 2010? How do you feel like it's pro- progressed, and where can you see it going from uh, this point? I think it's maybe a little bit more physical now. You know, everybody, you know, are really strong, like really good athletes. Uh, even when you have players lower ranking, you know they always—I mean—they can upset some top guys. So it's more physical. Uh, when I started, it was only 13 tournaments counting the ranking. Now it's 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're gonna have bigger, bigger draw starting even next year. Uh, so it looks like you have like tournaments every week. Mm-hmm. Back then, you had time to rest. You had time to to train and be ready for a few tournaments. And you had, you had like more swings. Uh, now it looks like you know they play every week, most of the guys. Um, but it is it is more physical. I don't know if tennisically they can do more things. Uh, it's a different style of game as well. But they yeah, it's it's more physical. Yeah. What different style? How? Uh, the way they play. I mean. The, the sliced coming a little bit more to the net mm. uh, because the, most of the players they are powerful they, they play more from the, from the baseline yeah. maybe it's tougher to go to the net uh, that's maybe one reason but yeah you, uh, uh, there are more uh, less variety on mm-hmm. the game mm-hmm. a little bit than before yeah and who would you say in your career were your, your biggest mentors who helped you the most and uh, my coach I think he was a coach when I was younger uh, because he, uh, you know, he was taking care of me when I was young. You know, he he was like a second dad for me because you know when I left home early. So how old were you when you left home? Uh, I was twelve. Oh wow! You know, I went to a home school. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to school tennis. That's very young. Yeah, but I think they all start like that. Huh? It was back then. He was starting at twelve also. Mm-hmm. Uh, like in a school tennis, you had different school tennis in a, in France. Uh, and then you know uh, it was a key moment when you have like someone who helping you on court and off court yeah. is that similar now or do you feel like that's changed now that everyone 
obviously everyone's playing a lot longer. Um, yeah, they play longer, yes. But also, I mean, it looks like you you start earlier, you know, as a professional. Even if I, I went to a, a school tennis when I was 12, I wasn't like that professional that they are now at 12 years old. Yeah. Uh, so it's a little bit different. I mean, now we we see like it's kind of a family project with the younger kids. Yeah. Um, so it's a little bit different. I was going to school tennis, but I was going to school and then playing tennis. Yeah. Now you play tennis and then you you do some school. <laughs> then you do some school. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a little different. bit different. Yeah. It's a little bit different. But uh, yeah, everything starts earlier but you can play longer it's interesting you mentioned the family almost feels like a family because I've noticed that here being in Paris and watching you and seeing Sangha, Monfils, Gasquet, Simone, Shardy we spoke to earlier it's been fun to watch you all sort of congregate together you do really feel like a a family a close-knit group did you feel that yeah yeah I feel it because we are you know we belong to the same club the Club France, you know, who represent, you know, uh, France in Davis Cup. Uh, we, uh, I played them. I played them. We were, you know, in Davis Cup. I was in Davis Cup with some of them. And um, I think it was cool to, to see, you know, Gail and Joe coming here to, to support Gilles. It's just uh, amazing. It was amazing. They really, I mean, they grew up together, the same generation. And uh, we were lucky, you know, for the French tennis to have those guys at the top of the game. And still still at the end, not the end for Richard and uh, Gael yet, uh, to see them, like, you know, pretty close. To you know, supporting each other. They were, we had, they were, like, rival, you know, on, on court, but friends outside and... Uh, and uh, that's great. Do you think that was important for how much they had success, how much they succeeded, that support? Yeah, I think it was good. You know, they were pushing each other, you know, you know, improving every year to get better. Those four guys, they were like five, six, seven in the world. So I think they, it was great. Maybe players in front, they were better. And that's why they didn't win a slam. But their, their career was amazing. Um, and we saw... The, the guys, you know, at the French with with Joe, and now they're going to be here with Gilles, and later with Richard and, and Gael. So I think there is a, a strong connection. And if there was one thing, last question, there's one thing that you learned from your career and from tennis that you would give back to juniors or give back to your kids. What was what was the thing that that stood out for you? I don't know. I think the tennis is the best life. I mean, you learn so much. Yeah. Uh, the respect pushing the limit uh, you know you, you learn more when you, you lose actually uh, and and I think it's great for for after uh, what did you learn the most when you lost yeah, what exactly do you mean that by yeah, that yeah to get better yeah you know improving going back on court to improve yeah. you know every day you have to learn something I told them I told my kids actually to if they learn one thing every day, you know, at the end, yeah. they're gonna learn. Yeah, they're gonna know many things. Yeah. yeah. Well, that that was well said. I know okay. you have Richard's waiting for you to play cards. Oh, I, I think, think they right. find someone. They find yeah, someone. I'm anyway, sure, yeah. go enjoy. Thank you <laughs> Thank so much you. for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you.